Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. So great to be back at the kitchen table. And today joining us in the kitchen. Well, she's not officially in the kitchen. She won't be in the kitchen till next week. Yeah, a few more days. She's coming home to visit. But it's our daughter, Evita Duffy. Evita, welcome. And we're going to be talking today about the Netflix special with Chris Rock. It's called Selective Outrage. And a lot of people are outraged about it. On the left, people are angry. On the right, people are going, wow, he's saying some stuff about wokeness. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Sean said we had to start this episode by saying he does not endorse this. Uh, he does not want us doing it. Uh, a podcast about Chris Rock's episode uh, or comedy special to be an endorsement of it's Chris a, Rock's special. Just first of all, it's a, it's, he's filthy, right? It's a, it, he is, it is dirty, filthy, nasty, um, Stuff. comedy. Um, but I, we, we both watched it because we've, we've glossed over somewhat of the nastiness and have wanted to have a conversation about he's breaking norms. He's using comedy to say things that most people won't say. He's going after kind of these these sacred cows that have been set up. And when he hits them, it's actually pretty funny. Um, it's also funny just because we don't get to hear it often. Yeah. Uh, but, but one of the things he talks about is victimhood, right? So let's play a clip, Evita, and get you on the other side about how he's kind of he, – he talked about this emergency room that we have now in America full of people with paper cuts, um, which is, uh, you know, which is true. Everyone's a victim, and no one is cashed in on victim status more than Harry and Meghan Markle. And so here he is going after Meghan Markle. Everybody <laughs> trying to be a victim. Like, well, what's this girl, uh, Meghan Markle? Oh, seemed like a nice lady. Just complaining. I was like, didn't she hit the light skin lottery? <laughs> hit the f- light skin lottery and still going on complaining. Some of that sh- she went through was not racism. It was just some in-law. Sh- and so right here, Vita, he's saying that what, what I just said about some of this stuff isn't racism. racism it's just in-law. Sh- All right, Vita. It's just in-law stuff. It is not racism. <laughs> what do you make of, of, of that, uh, of, his, of his points? Yeah, I, well, it was 
first of all, it was so wonderful to see yet another um, big name call out Harry and Meghan South Park famously did it a few weeks ago. And I think it's just so it's so, you know, it's, it's delicious. About it's yeah, delicious. It's a great word for it. I mean, he said exactly what we're all thinking about them, which is what South Park did, too, that. I mean, we, we hear these stories about Megan crying on Oprah and she's so upset about what's happened. And we're like, these seem like pretty normal interactions. I'm not really sure it's racism. I think they are just really sensitive. And he put it out so perfectly, so funny. Um, and again, just saying the, the quiet part out loud, what everybody is thinking about the whole situation. Right, about the color of the babies. And it's not racist to wonder, you know, if the, how brown the baby's going to be. Even black people want to know how brown the baby is. You know, I'm Mexican-American and Sean is white. And when we had our babies, I'm like, are they going to be more Mexican or are they going to be more Irish? I mean, we all want and, and And all of our nine kids are different shades of brown. And, you know, it's normal, right, Sean? Uh, I didn't. I don't care how brown or white my kids are. Right. It's curious to go. Do they have, do they have my perfect ears or yeah, Rachel's Sean, dysfunctional ears? Yeah, that Sean was like, eats my ears. I, I'm just gonna. Point. He, he. I don't have a fold in my ear like the way some people do, like him. And so the I, first thing Sean looks for is. He ears. thinks my he thinks my earlobe looks like you ever seen those jeans that have fake pockets like it's not really a pocket. So he thinks that's what my ear looks it's like. like. The side of her ear it. was like super glued it's, to like skin on skin, and I have like a nice curved ear. That's a side note. I know, but <laughs> those are things that parents will look at yes. together about what their uh, what their kids are going to have. But but I th- again he was I mentioned he was hitting sacred cows and he, and he was here because Megan and Harry have become sacred cows. Well, now uh, not for, anymore. For not since South Park, John. But he also he also um, played both sides because after yeah. he hit Megan and the clip we just played, he also went on to say, "Well, of course the royal family is racist. They develop racism. Colonialism. I mean, they're the original colonia, co- <laughs> yeah. colonialists." Um, so he kind of had some hits on both sides, but the reason I think we found it so enjoyable was he actually was an equal opportunity offender. And there are parts that we're, we're offended by, I mean, not, not offended, but I, I didn't agree with, but it was nice. He was playing it both ways. That's how comedy used to be. Evita, you probably, you're so young. You can't remember the days when SNL actually used to go after both Republicans and Democrats. Um, there was a time not that long ago when comedy went on both sides. Any other? Tell me some more of your takeaways from, yeah. from the Chris Rock special. I think that it was you're definitely right that he gave some, you know, some little gestures to the left in his in his um, comedy sketch. But I, I think the real takeaway was a rejection of leftism. Right. I mean, that's the title of the whole sketch is um, mom if you can remember it for me but um selective whole, outrage selective outrage selective outrage yeah. and so I think, though i think while he has some liberal viewpoints and i think he really internally doesn't want to like the right he doesn't like conservatives he doesn't like i mean like it's, yeah. it's not who he is he's kind of had to side with them because the left has made it so intolerable to function as a human being or as a comedian or as an actress yeah if you have any viewpoints that aren't stridently on the left and he's just said, you know, I, I can't do it anymore. And, and that's why I think it was the takeaway was really a rejection of leftism and really on the side of, of conservative saying you guys have taken the wokeness and the PC-ness way too far. 
Evita, maybe it's not an embracing of conservatives, because I agree with you. I think his his instincts are not conservative at all. But it reminds me of when Sarah Huckabee said, you know, it's the decision that we're making in America isn't between left and right, Republican or uh, Democrat. It's between crazy and not crazy. Right. And uh, so he also uh, he he talked to use Meghan Markle a, a bit as as a way as a way to talk about that. The other really fascinating thing that I saw was he took on the topic of abortion. Now, this, you, you know, everyone who watches this knows how, you know, all three of us feel about the issue of abortion. But it, it was it was interesting. So he joked about it, which feels really uncomfortable for us. But at the same time, he said... Well, no, hold on a second. He came out and, in essence, endorsed abortion. Basically said... A woman's choice. What do you mean? I paid for more abortions than any woman. So he's yeah. basically That's right. he, he gives a nod to the left because I think he knows there are certain sacred cows that he can't cross and abortion on the, on the left is one of them. So he said, I'm all in favor of it. I pay for them. I'm all in on abortion. And he says, I'm on your side, women. I'm on your side. But well, and, and by the way, an interesting backdrop to it is how many abortions, you know, black women have a disproportionate number of abortions um, relative to their demographic numbers in the country. So that's a huge thing, too. Um, So, yes, you're right, Sean. He says, I've paid for more abortions. I'm on your side, ladies. I think that you should be able to kill as many babies as you want. So the, the, the silver lining there was he actually referred to them as babies. And like, go, oh, you want to kill your babies? And he basically was saying, let's be honest. You can, kill. you can, I think you should have this right, but let's not lie about what you're doing. You're killing babies. And by the yeah. way, you should be able to kill your baby until four years old. So we went to the even the next step of... Yeah. Kind of uh, joking, of, like your no, kids but, are annoying. But yeah. almost mocking, almost mocking the left of, of how they yeah. want to kill their babies. That's fair. That's fair. You're taking Vita. I thought my favorite part was when he compared the abortionist to a hitman. He was like, I, every time I call him up, it's like I'm I'm calling a hit on someone, which is really what's happening. Somebody that's inconvenient that they, you don't want around. Um, and I, yeah, I just... Point. It's really interesting because I've actually had this kind of conversation with people in college, with people in high school. I've watched TikToks as the the debate is sort of going on. And your generation, maybe even a little bit before, the the pro-abortion argument was that it's not human. But as science gets better and better, it's increasingly more difficult for people, especially young people who took a biology class and know that life begins at conception I mean, we saw an ultrasound, Evita. I mean, how many how many people your age have seen a 4D ultrasound of their sibling? And so they meet their they, they are meeting their siblings in utero. And so these euphemisms of it's just a clump of cell doesn't work when you see a perfectly formed baby in a 4D ultrasound. Go ahead. What I was to say, it's just it's so hard for the pro-abortion people to to have these two competing sides. So they have to either say it's not a life and sort of lie to themselves or they take the side of Chris Rock. And there's very few people out there who are honest enough with themselves and are able to do that. And I think it's almost more powerful coming from Chris Rock than it is from the three of us because we're already pro-life. He says, well, I'm 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 pro-choice. You can have kill as many babies as you want, but let's not lie to ourselves here it is a baby and that is really really hard for a lot of people to hear especially from somebody who's on their side i agreed by the way he he started um the the comedy session off uh by talking about so many people are saying words are violent and he's like 
Words are not violent. <laughs> Words don't hurt unless uh, the word is written on a brick and the brick hits you in the head, right? I mean, you know, get punched in the face. And, and this was this was his first reference to the uh, the slap that happened at the Oscars. Was the Oscars? Yeah, yep, it was the Oscars last year. <laughs> and, and so he saved that moment till the very end of the of the uh, of the show, and he brought it up. and And Sean, when when Sean, Sean and I watched this uh, the show separately, so I watched it last night. He watched it this morning, and then when he came back to our bedroom we were talking about it and he goes chris rock said what you said rachel <laughs> and chris rock basically said jada pinkett hurt will smith more than will smith hurt me which is what i said to sean last year because i and, and i listen i i have a lot of compassion for will smith i don't know what happened in will smith's life but what jada pinkett did was i mean just you know, humiliating to him. And so, and, and, and Chris Rock brings that up too. He keeps calling him a, you know, a bitch, right? Like he's further humiliating him and saying, everybody thinks that everybody thinks it's really weird that he took her back and worse that he went on her stupid podcast and got interviewed about how he felt about her having sex with her son's friend. And yeah. I mean, the whole thing. He, he, so, so, so Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett, yes. had an affair with their son's friend. Right. Uh, so like he's a rapper, right? Like way yeah. younger than Jada Pinkett and basically had a, a, a like was in love with him, but also then called out to Will Smith during a podcast and wanted to talk about it on air. How humiliating. By the way, I guess this is some part of Scientology about bringing out some of these inner feelings oh, that one right. might have. And so they're, they're supposed to do this. But I don't know. It's really uncomfortable. And again, as whether you're a man or a woman, that would become incredibly un uncomfortable and embarrassing. And, and he's saying, I didn't start this. They started this. And also he brought up something that a lot of people didn't know about. I didn't know. I learned about this through, through this comedy special with Chris Rock that when Chris Rock was hosting, going to host the Oscars, he was about, he was the year that he was going to host the Oscars was the year that all these black people were, were uh, black actors were going to boycott the Oscars saying the Oscar member the Oscars so white was that was that the 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 moniker that they were using that yeah yeah and and like uh Will Smith's film wasn't nominated and so she said well Will Smith's film's not nominated other people's are not being nominated um you know for for Oscars and this is so white and you should you Chris Rock should also boycott the Oscars and not do it because you know we need to be united as a group. And he was like, "Listen, I want to do my job." And by the way, you're and he says this in the comedy special, "Your husband's movie is not very good." Um, so maybe that's not why. Maybe that's why it's not nominated. Um, but but in any case, it was a complicated story, and he finally saved this uh, show to unpack some of it. If you know. Yeah, I, it was really interesting. If you listen to it, like at the very end, I was laughing throughout the whole special. I thought it was really well done. I probably one of the few times that I've really enjoyed Chris Rock. I haven't loved it. My 
so, so everybody knows my husband loves comedy and so we watch a lot of comedy together and it's always a balance of like what what do i like what does he like and usually i don't like it and usually i don't like chris rock but i like this one but at the end it wasn't really funny um it was very serious it was almost like yeah. he was giving a speech and i and i instead of wanting to laugh i was like wanting to snap my fingers or clap or like but i was like amen to everything that he was saying and I had I walked away feeling almost like satisfied, like like with Will Smith, I feel vindicated as well. I was able to like have him watch him express how he really felt about that horribly embarrassing slap from Will Smith. And I want I went on Twitter and I looked at what other people were saying about it. And they thought most people, I guess, were saying it was a really terrible thing that Will Smith apologized and there was no need for Will Smith to go and defend himself in this special. And I I just think you mean Chris Rock, you mean for Chris Rock to, to attack Will Smith. Rock, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Chris Rock to defend himself. And I just completely disagree. And I thought it was really vindicating. And I thought he said what we were all thinking, but we needed to hear that from him because Otherwise, we're all living in this alternate universe where we're like, I guess it's normal for Jada Pinkett to have this weird relationship with this guy and for for her to say something to Chris Rock. But then he's not allowed to, you know, make a joke about her hair, a really benign joke in in his um, and hosting the Oscars or whatever. I mean, I just found it very vindicating for him and for myself as a viewer. Um, And like I said, it wasn't really funny, but I really enjoyed it. Don, you said how commercially smart it was for him to hold his tongue until now. Yeah, so he, he hasn't really spoken about the slap heard around the world um, until now, yeah. right? And when you wait almost a year, it it, bring, it brings up some anticipation. Yeah. People want to hear him talk about it. And I think it brought that, that part of it brought viewers in, which is also why he probably waited till the end of the show to actually talk about it. But the reason we're talking about this in particular, and again, it's probably not a comedy special that you and I would watch. It's it, it's it's pretty filthy. Um, but the reason there's a level of excitement or interest on the right is because comedy has been wokeified, yeah. and comedy is not funny anymore. And that that Chris Rock actually did a, a comedy special that could offend both sides. Yeah. That was pretty funny. And by the way, I I never laughed out loud loud once when I watched it. I did. I, I thought it was humorous. <laughs> But your mom was watching it last night as I was trying to go to bed. With earbuds on. <laughs> and she kept laughing and laughing. I'm like, okay, listen, enough. Stop. I, I want to go to sleep. And she was, was laughing watching the special. I didn't. Me too. With it, earbuds in. <laughs> yeah, we, we had to have the same humor. And so I, my, my, my thought on this is hopefully Tucker Carlson did a whole special about yeah, comedy. And you see the power of comedy, whether to your point of view to South Park and now Chris Rock hitting Meghan Markle. It, comedy can be cutting. Comedy can bring truth to certain situations. Um, and I think that's why the left has been so afraid of comedy. That's why they've tried to shut comedians down. That's why Greg Gutfeld is winning uh, the comedy wars on Fox News, beating yeah. ABC, NBC and CBS because they talk politics and Gutfeld will actually talk about um, things that people find to be funny. And so my- and, and Greg's willing to hit both sides. I mean, he'll make well, fun of the left, he'll make fun of the right. Um, clearly, he has a right of center point of view. But I, listen, I mean, th- that is like 
a forbidden point of view on on the other comedy um, late night comedy shows. And listen, and, and what but, what, yeah. what Gutfeld does is Gutfeld brings on like Fox talent, right? And these other, whether it's Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon, I mean, they're bringing on a list guests yeah, and he's that people want to see. And right, the, the 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 Fox guests are still with Greg Gutfeld beating um, <laughs> the other main networks because people want funny they want to sit back and they want to laugh and you got to be willing to laugh at both sides and again and at yourself exactly and at yourself can i take there's a there's there's a couple other interesting themes that went through that i thought were fascinating and and very subversively comic uh, uh conservative i should say um so one was he talked a lot about how he seems very proud of the fact that he's made money and he's been able to provide for his uh Daughters, And he talked about that a lot, that he has a daughter who's in, you know, culinary school in Paris and that his kids, you know, were, you know, went, you know, they're after school to the finest schools and had, you know, were equestrians and fencers. And he just loved this idea and talked about how his own mother when she was a child Uh had um, it was illegal when his mom was a child to go to a white dentist. And so if you were not around in, in an area in, I guess she was, she would grow up in the South. If you did not have a black dentist in town and you couldn't get to a black dentist in another town, you had to go to the vet to have your tooth removed because you were not allowed. It was against the law to go to a white dentist. And he, and he, and by the way, and the, and the thing he also says, I'm never a victim. You'll never see me on Oprah and Gail crying about anything, including this story. And instead he says, look, my mom had her, had the indignity of having her teeth removed by a veterinarian treated like an animal. And now she flies out twice a year to see my daughter who's in, in Paris. Paris in culinary school. And again, this is the American dream, right? This is how far we've come. And he's breaking down so many of the myths about America that somehow people are still oppressed. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Well, what I, what I thought was interesting about it is I'm not used to hearing anybody brag about their money and how much they've been able to provide for <laughs> Trump, right? <laughs> I think that there's a I think there's a, a a perception in sort of the cultural Marxism that we live in where if you make something of yourself, you have to keep it to yourself because people are going to get mad and they're going to get jealous. And there was something really liberating and I think um, very inspiring about him being so proud 
of what he's built um, and, and how far he's come generationally and what the, how, what the kind of life that he's been able to provide for his daughters who are, you know, speak multiple languages and went to these really fancy schools and are now in Paris and are fencing. That was the big thing. He's like, have you ever seen, yeah. you know, a black girl fence? And he was like, you know, I'm so happy that I've been able to provide for them the way that I have. And I just thought it was interesting because I'm just not used to seeing celebrities or, or rich people in general own it because the culture is always saying, keep it to yourself, check your privilege. Well, what they're saying is, if you have money, it's not that you actually earned it, it's that you stole it from someone else. Yeah, someone else's it. labor made you rich. Um, and he does not buy that narrative. And again, I, I like that he was he was proud of what he's given his girls. And the other um, undercurrent about it was proud to be a providing father, right? And which was an interesting message. You know, you, you know, a large part of his audience, as you could see from the Netflix special, were African-Americans. And, you know, fatherhood is a big issue if you are really, again, we've been talking about telling the truth, right? Um, the truth is fatherhood is um, the, the the main problem facing black America, not racism, but fatherlessness. And here he was as a comedian, just being so proud of, of what he was able to provide as a father. And I thought that was a powerful message to send to his audience. I also, one other part that I liked when he was talking about it, he talked a lot about his daughter. Um, but when he, he there, was, there was one incident when she was, she was going to a private school and he was bragging on the private school and they go on these fancy trips. He talked about, you know, when I, oh, yeah. I, I went in August, you know, with a church group to Disney and we stayed in Alabama when we went to Orlando. He talked about his experience. On, on then, a church, on a church bus. He's like, this is bus. the most depressing way to go to, go to Disney, Disney is with the church group. <laughs> and now this, now he talks about the, the kind of trips that his daughters get to go on because of his success. And during one of the uh, trips that they went on, the school trip, the school trip, his daughter and a couple of the girls went to Portugal. It was in Portugal. They snuck away and they went to a bar and they drank and got drunk and thought they could sneak back in to the yeah. group and they got busted and they were suspended and were going to get kicked out. And all the parents rallied and they were going to hire lawyers to make sure they got their kids back into school. And. He came home one day during a, the 10 day suspension as they're trying to fight to get the kids back into school. And he saw his daughter hanging out, laughing and having a wonderful time. And he was he was disturbed by that. And so he tells the story of going to the headmaster of the school and basically saying, I know we're suing you. I know you, we want to get our kids back in, but don't let my daughter back in the school. Kick her out. Yeah. And he, and he felt pressured to join. He was like, he was kind of like, this isn't right. Like they, they broke the rules. Of course they should face consequences. But the other white parents had hired some big fancy lawyer and he was like, oh, okay, I guess we should join. But then, he, yeah, he realized if he wanted his daughter to be successful, she was going to have to face the con and accountable. He, she was going to have to face the consequences. Another issue that he brought up, Sean. But an interesting undercurrent of messages that he's sending yes. out. Underneath um, all the all the all the all the jokes. It was and he talked about so that's victimhood. And then this here was an example of responsibility. Yes, personal and parents making their kids take responsibility for their actions, and she was probably better off for it. His yeah, he also talked about. Go ahead, oh. go ahead, Evita. I was going to say I want to add something about that point that I, I just as I was listening to it, and it reminded me of I. When I was younger and we went on some more congressional trips, I was able to meet a lot of other families. And the life of, of the children of congressmen with one or two kids is very different than our life when it's eight or nine. And I think the best way to learn responsibility is to have a super big family. Doesn't matter, you know, what the socioeconomic status is. There's a lot yeah. that there's a lot that I learned from being the oldest of nine. <laughs>
Yeah. You know, a lot of people ask me about you and they'll say, you know, God, she turned out so great. How did, you know, all of you guys have tur- are turning out great. Thank God. Knock on wood. Um, but I do think a lot of it is that you did have that kind of responsibility that you, you have to help. You have to help out. I mean, you know, wh- whether we're getting out the door to go to church or going on a, on a family trip. I mean, it's not like, you know, rainbows and unicorns. I mean, breakfast you, in the morning, doing dishes. Yeah, you gotta help, to help. There's just too many shoes and help pack and. Evita, Evita, and 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 even Michael, um, her husband. I mean, for the last I don't know how many years, have done the school shopping for me. School supply shopping. School supply shopping. Um, because it's just a lot, and I'm like, listen, take care of this. You have six, seven. I got to delegate. Lists from different classes <laughs> of different stuff, and actually, you guys have. You guys have always helped. Well. But I think another interesting topic. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it's like it, you, you think like, you know, when I was younger and I was in high school and, oh, it's so glamorous, your father's in Congress. And I was, you know, coming home and changing diapers and driving kids to baseball practice. And just it's not glamorous at all. And I think that was for the best. It, it wasn't glamorous for me either. I was like a single <laughs> mom with six and then eventually eight right. kids. Um, and, and then when he got out, we had the ninth. But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, it is it is tough work. It's a great honor, um, but it was a team effort when you, you know, if anyone out there is listening and wanting to serve, I encourage you, but just know it is a family effort. He wasn't the only one who served. Yeah, It It was all of us. It was all of us. So I want to bring up another thing that I found interesting because there were lots of themes that he found lots of laughs on, but there's an undercurrent that speaks to conservative issues. And that the other was crime. So we talked about neighborhoods, different kinds of neighborhoods. And so he says, if you go to one neighborhood and you see a lot of women not working, wearing Lululemon pants um, and pants. workout pants and strolling their babies or walking their dogs or coming out of soul cycle um, and the women don't work, that is a neighborhood that he says he wants to live in. And he says, now I want to reverse that. If you're in a neighborhood where there are a lot of guys at 1215 in the afternoon wearing jogging pants and they're not working um, and they're they're riding children's bike as their own transportation. You are in danger. You don't want to be in that neighborhood. And again, this is where you're talking about, Evita, these class issues, things you're not supposed to say. But the point is we all work hard so that we can live in safe neighborhoods. And unfortunately, on the left, they are defunding police, and it is the the poor neighborhoods that are doing worse. You're now seeing rich neighborhoods actually trying to secede from you know, cities that are refusing to protect them or they're providing their own private security. Um, but but how safe your neighborhood matters to you. Can, can I speak as a, as a white male? Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about this. Chris Rock can say things that I can't say. <laughs> um, but Rachel, as um, a Hispanic woman, can say things that if I said them, I would get in trouble for. I would be canceled yeah, for. Um, we that's might true. say that's unfair, but... There's a there is a reality to that. And that's why, like for me, I'm like, good for Chris Rock, good for Rachel. But I'm going to stay away from that topic because um, because just the way the the way cancellations can work. Yeah, that's now. That, that's now, if, now, if asked, I'll give you an honest answer, but I'm not going to bring it up myself. I'll go. Uh, we'll give that one to Rachel. <laughs> so, can I can I switch gears on you guys? Are you guys done with Chris Rock? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Let, let Vita finish. See if she has any last thoughts. Yeah, I wanted to say one one thing. Just kind of tangential to that. Um, 
I think that the takeaway from this whole comedy special is that it's a great sign for the culture that he said a lot of things we all want to hear. And comedy is rejecting the rules that wokeism has set out for them. And we we're seeing it by a big name on Netflix that everybody's talking about. And I think eventually as Chris Rock starts to say stuff, especially in a comedic way, hopefully soon, dad, you will have the voice and the right to say that. We can only hope. Yeah. My superpower, I guess, is that I'm not white. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Okay. We can only hope. but, But it's such a great point you bring up because if you look at, remember ISIS, one of the first things they did was throw comedians, you know, off of buildings. And, yeah. you know, the comedians are sort of that that sign of whether a, a, a culture or society is truly free, um, how healthy that society is in terms of freedom. It's not a conservative area. We're not we're not in, you know, small town in Texas. So that that whole crowd was laughing and enjoying his his sketch, I think, is That's also right. the, the, the the comedy special took place in Baltimore. That's right. Um, and and, and, and that is a, that's an excellent point. But, yeah, this was an important special. I think he and others, I mean, we, we just uh, watched the Roseanne Barr special on Fox Nation, which she also brought up a lot of, um, said a lot of taboo things like on abortion, for example, Levita. She said, I don't want to hear from you pro-choicers um, out there about abortion rights and whatnot, because all of you who are pro-abortion are the same people who took the vaccine and y'all know you're not getting pregnant, which of course, you know, she's speaking about the fertility of the, of, uh, you know, issues that we are now seeing with the vaccine. So these are really taboo subjects that you're not allowed to talk about. I would say she probably got the loudest laugh on that on that line but comedy is important um it is, a, it is about the health and maybe this is that crack um in in the in, in this society that we're living in and I, we're starting to be uh, able to speak be, more be, freely before i switch gears let me just make another point so uh netflix is probably one of the wokest companies in america absolutely netflix has a lot of competition now every every network every movie maker is putting out their content on their platform, all asking for subscription fees. And that has been a drain on Netflix to the point where Netflix is going to start cracking down on people sharing their passwords and usernames because they need more revenue in. It's a real problem. And so even though Netflix is woke, that they would let Chris Rock do this special and kind of be an equal opportunity offender, say some things that I'm sure the board at Netflix doesn't approve of, doesn't like. doesn't agree with, may speak to something about, you know, going woke, going broke in Capitalism. corporate America <laughs> and saying, we're going to put out content that might, it's a great point. Everyone might like, some people might hate, some people might love. And so again, there's, there's this again, in a, in a world that I see as black for the future of America, sometimes this might be a glimmer of hope light, um, yeah. of people waking up to going, Hey, we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, maybe this Netflix is can do it. Um, hopefully other companies will do it as well. So well, it's a long well, way know, to I, go to know, that free America. You remember from the 80s, you show, know, I'm on the business network now on the bottom line. So I had to bring in that you little brought in the business yes. aspect, but you know, it is a great point. If you know, Netflix, I, I bet everyone on that board, if they, if they could, you know, they let Dave Chappelle, yeah. um, he had this special and they got a lot of pushback on that, but ultimately, um, they, they relented and they've, they've, they have not caved to all the, and it's, it's not just the. The, the board that's liberal, they're worried about uh, they're worried about their own employees often. Right. 
So uh, California companies. All right, I'm going to switch gears with you guys. And I just I don't I want to spend a little bit of time on this because the other big news of this week is that Tucker Carlson has dropped the on scene January 6 tapes from the Capitol. Yeah. Um, and. We were always shocked that we couldn't see all the tapes. I was angry about it, Sean. And they were talking about how the security is going to be threatened in the Capitol and we can't show you this. Well, so Tucker um, showing the tapes, and I I want to talk about a a couple points in this. Number one, you saw people, again, That was the, the, the videos that were presented by the media were true. You had people breaking glass, breaking down doors, you know, breaching barricades, rushing into the Capitol. And that is part of the story. Yeah. Um, and by the way, if you broke glass, get into the Capitol. If you broke doors to get into the Capitol, I have no problem with you being prosecuted and the book being thrown at you. I don't. I have no I don't accept that. Um, that's not the way we behave in this country. Unless you're yeah. a, BLM but a lot of people then right? walk. I would, I would agree with that, too. BLM as well. I'm a law enforcement guy. I'm an equal opportunity application of the law guy. But, there's but not Tucker blood. showed video of. Sorry. Tucker, what did you say, Vita? I said, but there's not. What did you say? <laughs> I, I agree with yeah. that, but I'm not going to I'm not going to be a hypocrite myself. I'm going to say I, I believe in equal application and I think it should be applied. So I'll be an example. And if you broke into the Capitol, you broke doors, um, destroyed property. You shouldn't go to jail for four years. But, uh, but you should have a, a sentence that's appropriate for your crime. Cor- for, correct. So but so just to get to the point, and many of you must have may have seen this, but I thought it was fascinating. And we knew these stories were there. But if you look at the rotunda, that's the center of the Capitol, they had a, a camera from on top. And really, you had these these rioters, these insurrectionists. So-called. Walk, and I, I, was, I, was, I was air quoting if you're listening. I had air quotes on the video. Yeah, you did. <laughs> they're walking through the Capitol. They're giving themselves a self-guided tour, oftentimes respectable, walking through the rope The Capitol lines. police are, seem like they're leading them. The Capitol police are almost giving like a tour of the Capitol. Really... Nothing like what you think an insurrection would be, right? right? But that video was contrary to the narrative that was being put out by the media, and so they never showed it to us. One of the uh, best or, parts of the, the January video, 6th committee. Or January 6th. Um, I want to go back before the breach and go, what did Nancy Pelosi know? What was the intelligence that, because the, the person who controls how much security is around the Capitol is Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi is getting the highest level of intelligence um, information fed to her days and days before she could have enacted the National Guard. She could have um, had more police presence there. She knew, apparently, she was informed that there could be a riot, that there could, that were people were planning on coming to the Capitol and that they had information about people in the Proud Boys. We now... There's a lot of suspicion about how much the FBI had infiltrated the Proud Boys. Um, what did she know? Why didn't she secure the building? I mean, Sean, Donald, you were... Donald Trump authorized the National Guard to be called up on Thank January you. 6th. And, and they didn't call him up. And and she did not. So that's another question. She needs to be brought um, into a hearing to explain what she knew, why she didn't get the, the help there. Evita, any take? I do. I have two Chicago stories for you, and I promise that they're relevant. But... Um, one, we had a disinformation conference at U Chicago. I think, well, it was a, it was around a year from a year ago from around this time. And Adam Kinzinger was there and somebody asked him in the crowd, when is the January 6th committee going to release the footage that the public can see? And he said, oh, we'll get to it eventually. We'll get to it. We have to go through all the footage. I have to make sure it's all kosher. 
And of course, they never did until, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy was in charge. And I think they, they never had any intention of letting the public know. We see what they've done with the footage. Tucker talked about how they were purposely maligning members of Congress by selectively editing footage, um, saying that Josh Hawley was running. He was running away scared. I mean, this is this is really terrible, malicious stuff that they did with this footage by not releasing it to the public. But the worst part is the narrative that they created, right? That the conservatives are dangerous, that we need to bring the FBI in and all of our federal agencies in and crack down on this ex- on this extremism. And my second New Chicago story is that on the, the year anniversary of January 6th, Andrew McCabe came, the former FBI uh, deputy who um, was very involved in, in Russian collusion, very responsible for, for what happened there. And he said that mainstream conservatives should be likened to Islamic terrorists. That's the threat that they pose to our country post-January 6th. And they were able to create that narrative because they withheld footage and information from the American people. And now the damage is done, right? Tucker Carlson is already, he's, he's trying to, you know, save, save the narrative, trying to bring some truth into what's the lies that have been spewed at us for over the last couple of years. But the damage has already been done. And there's a whole swath of the country that believes the lies that were promulgated by the January 6th, January 6th show trial, and also believes that mainstream conservatives pose a threat to our country in a way that is just not true at all. And, and arms of our government and you know, wings of our government, our DOJ, our FBI have already using that narrative have been weaponized against conservatives, Sean. So totally and, because and, of that, as you know, I spent 10 years as a prosecutor and as a prosecutor, I'm I'm part of the executive branch um, and we collect evidence. If me, the state, as a prosecutor, have evidence that's exculpatory, meaning I have evidence that'll show that. Rachel, the defendant, did not commit a crime. I can't hide that. I can't tuck that away in a corner of my office and not let anyone see it. I'm actually required by law to give exculpatory evidence to Rachel for her defense. Mm-hmm. I got to give her all the information, all the bad stuff I have in her and all the good stuff I have in her. I have to turn it all over. Mm-hmm. That should have applied here. Of course. You should turn over all the evidence and the American people should have seen yes. By the way, I was offended by January 6th when they broke into the Capitol. I was. Um, I cried when I went into the Capitol for the first time. And when I went onto the House floor as a member, you have I have a was, lot of respect for the place. I respect uh, of it. Of course. And I thought those who first breached were disrespectful. But hundreds of people were not that have been prosecuted. And we as Americans were entitled to see everything that happened. We sh- they showed us the bad stuff, but then show us the good stuff. But the good stuff showed that it was not actually an insurrection. People were not trying to take over their government. They didn't take over the building um, with arms. No one died but Ashley Babbitt at the hands of protesters. They were calling it a violent insurrection. So this was about a narrative. This was about selling a version of events to the American people was not, which was not a true version to justify actions by the government that they were going to take to purge people out of our military. I'm saying that, you know, if they were conservatives or had certain beliefs, it it was justified for that. It was justified to go after uh, parents, just parents, parents at school boards at, you know, uh, religious Catholics. I mean, all kinds of things. And I think it's also worth noting that it was being that Nancy Pelosi used January 6th 
to put to control the Capitol and to smear members of Congress. So what they did after that, in addition to surrounding the Capitol with fencing and National Guard that they should have had beforehand, by the way, afterwards, they created a fortress out of the people's house. So people were not allowed to come in and out. I have friends and family who work on Capitol Hill, and they said, Oh, my goodness, like the the difference night and day between their ability to access the Capitol as a as a citizen um, between when Nancy Pelosi was in office and now it was incredible. They had metal detectors so that members of Congress, this really offended me, couldn't go in to vote unless they went through metal detectors, implying that somehow they were terrorists because AOC, who was in an entirely different building, claimed that she doesn't feel safe anymore um, after this, as you said, Sean. From other members of Congress. From other members of Congress. And again, perpetuating that lie that members of Congress were, you know, part of an insurrection. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. And to that point, the, the, the one example of Republicans were bringing in rioters to, to canvas the Capitol the day before. And the key example they used was uh, Barry Loudermilk, who is one of the nicest guys you'll yeah. ever meet and, and docile and no, nothing. He's not an insurrectionist. Really good dude. And you could see in the videotape that they had. So there's there's the office buildings of the Congress, which are across the street from the Capitol. And there's tunnels that will connect you to the Capitol underneath. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Capitol complex itself. The video footage of, uh, of, of Barry Loudermilk giving a tour to his constituents were in the office buildings of the members of Congress. That's like where I had my office in yeah. those buildings. He wasn't in the Capitol giving a tour. And by the way, there were constituents. I had constituents all the time that, and that's one of the great services as a, as a member. Yeah. You can bring parents and kids and bring them on a tour of the Capitol. It's really cool to do that. And members of Congress do it all the time. And the left took Barry Loudermilk, giving a tour to constituents as he's helping insurrectionists case the Capitol. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. So the point is, they lie. They are liars. They sold us a bill of goods that was completely false. But to your point, Avita, and and I want you to speak to this, once the message is out, once the narrative is out, um, it's hard to rewrite the truth in people's minds. Most Americans still probably think that Donald Trump colluded with Russia. They they don't realize that it was all a hoax. It was all false. It was all made up. They'll also always think that there was an insurrection. They'll never see the truth come out, which is why the left is never going to stop using this tactic. It works for them. And we're going to see this playbook being played 
until they're called out and it doesn't work for them. What do we do about the FBI is really my question for you, Dad. Is there legislation that we can put in place? Is our, can, can Congress say literally, when are we going to take the step to literally say, abolish the FBI. It does nothing to help the American people. And I don't want to people will say, oh, let's let's shrink it down. Let's make it more into. No, I'm saying abolish the FBI. How do we go about doing that? So so after after September 11th, we gave new powers to the FBI. They have an intelligence wing and they have a, a law enforcement wing. Um, those two should be separated. Number one or one eliminated. Um, maybe. Why do they have an intelligence so, so, wing? Well, because on 9-11, you know, you, so the CIA will do foreign intelligence. You do still want intelligence here to protect the homeland. What well, does the Homeland Security do that? No, not necessarily. They might do some of it. Um, maybe but, that's what needs to happen. It's like some sort of but consolidation. But it would be the same thing. You want, no, you, no, you don't want to consolidate. You want to separate. Uh, separate. Those, I mean, you separation. Want, you want to separate those powers. But here's, here's the key problem that we have. And it's not just the FBI, Evita. It's not just the DOJ. Too, every, aspect, every aspect of the federal government, they're unionized. Mm-hmm. So, again, Donald Trump gets elected. He brings in senior leadership, secretaries and senior leadership, name your department, education, interior, energy, name the department, those leaders come in and they try to implement the will of the now duly elected president. And it becomes almost impossible because the whole staff underneath them, the lawyers, the bureaucrats, they're all left-wing liberals. And they will fight you every step of the way when you want to implement your agenda. And And you can't fire them. really, really hard and you cannot fire them. And that's a problem. So you get this deep state of governance that will stop a conservative president who has an agenda that the American people voted for, and they will push even further the liberal agenda of a Democrat president. But that's why Evita is saying, what, what can Congress do to rein this Leviathan so, yeah. on? So you have to get rid of the federal union. Oh. You can't be unionized. If you don't want to do, if Donald Trump was elected, Ron DeSantis is elected, and you're in whatever your department is in government, and you don't want to accomplish the goals of Ron DeSantis and the secretary of that department, bye-bye. You're fired. Yeah, Get out of here. Intelligence agency that, that, that looks out for, for foreign you know problems that we have. If there's anything domestic, why aren't we giving that to local powers to say, you know what, we're going to deal with stuff with the sheriff's department and the, the police department. And then because you, so you, you don't, you don't want to making it everything big and monolithic and then allowing them to have this this power to then weaponize against political enemies of whoever is in power in the United States. So because you have a corrupt organization doesn't mean the concept of that organization is flawed. Right. It's the corruption is flawed. So the FBI that can look between states, counties, municipalities, it has a broad view and it has America as a jurisdiction is a good thing, right? But it's now corrupt. So we should fix the corruption. We have Why? to root That's out the corruption. Insane. We need good people. So you have, inter- you have inter- interstate criminality. Um, you have plots that can exist between state lines. And if I only have you know, a state apparatus or a county apparatus looking at small aspects of a crime, you can't put the whole picture together. Yeah. The FBI can put the full picture together of criminal of criminal organizations or a criminal enterprise that exists across state lines and across jurisdictions. I get that. And that's a good thing. But it's become corrupt and corrupted. 
And so you have to actually, and this is the, the next, the next, this is the most important thing the next American conservative president can do is to say, we are going to fix the corruption. And the first part is at the FBI and the DOJ, because if law enforcement isn't equally applied, and it's a tool of one party over another, you don't have a democracy yeah. any longer. You're like some third world country. You have to fix it. So, Sean, I want to go back to this, the, the, the January 6th thing. But how okay, dangerous but, is it? Okay. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, really quick. How dangerous is it that this narrative that, and, and I get, I accept what Evita and, 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 and you are, guys are all saying, and I'm saying too, that, you know, they set this narrative. It's it's kind of taken hold. But now we have this new information. And, and Tucker Carlson isn't some small, you know, guy on a little radio station. He's Tucker Carlson. He has a big um, platform. People, you know, are going to watch these videos. Um, and it, it, does it have the potential? I mean, we've already seen so many lies from the government during COVID and, 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 and the, the Wuhan lab and all these things that we're starting to all see the Russia lies. Collusion, Russia collusion. Lied. We're all seeing these lies come to light. But January 6th, if, is there a potential that January 6th lies from that committee crumble, that we start to see what really happened, that, that Kevin McCarthy, who deserves credit, for having released these tapes, that even more stuff comes out, not just from the tapes, but again, the intelligence that Nancy Pelosi had before and, and didn't choose to use security to secure the, the complex. Uh, is it possible that this whole thing, or if we uncover that there's people in the FBI who were planted and, and agitators in the crowd, does this have the potential to crumble and, and really cause some huge political ramifications? No. Why? So it, God, you're just depressing me, So Sean. it can crumble. The narrative can crumble. But I bring you back to Russia collusion. The whole Russia collusion narrative. Every single liberal network covered this story of Donald Trump colluding with Russia, not just every day. Every hour of every day That's they true. covered it. And so once it crumbled, they didn't cover the story at all. And so it comes back to media the, 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 and our founders understood the media is a really important part of democracy. And if you have somewhat of an honest media that will uh, that will tell you the truth about what's happening, they're not invested in a political movement mm -hmm. and people would actually hear you were lied to about Russia collusion. You were lied to about masks and lockdowns and the effective effect of, of vaccines in Wuhan lab. And now on January 6th, if they would tell that story to the American people, yeah, it would have a difference. But when only a small subset of viewers who may watch Fox and may get conservative news or listen to podcasts that will tell them the story, but the vast majority of people don't hear the correction. And so it doesn't have the impact that you just mentioned. And that's why... I think media is so important in a truthful media, an honest media, uh, 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 a media that wants to inquire and bring stories to the public. It's so important, but doesn't exist today. But for like one cable news network. Well, I was going to add that it's also the maligning of of conservative and alternate media sources. So the Federalist was when I first was an intern in 2020, the summer of 2020, they were. Uh, deplatform. They lost their Google ads. And I mean, Google had some terrible reason for it and eventually went back on it. But the point is that all the time there are fact checkers 
that, that are funded, these fact-checking organizations are funded by by the by terrible super monolithic globalist organizations. And I did a piece on this, which we can I don't know how we maybe we can cite it, but like if you follow the money, it's really interesting to see who fought, who funds these fact checkers. But anyways, like who's funding fact checkers? Is that what you're talking about? Right, but no. But the point is that the fact checkers have their own their own bias to it too, and their job is to discredit anyone that's not the mainstream media, the corporate media, and then the the social media companies use the fact checkers as then a pretext to deplatform them. And suddenly the, whatever Tucker Carlson said last night is now seen as fringe and crazy and conservative and probably a lie because we're being told that by the fact checkers and by the social media companies that are habitually deplatforming them or censoring them. And so we, I think before we can even talk about, you know, freedom of the press and the kind of country that our founders made, we have to have, you know, our own platforms. We have to have our own, our own, Facebook, our own YouTube, which we have, we have Rumble, which is great. Um, but that's a, that's a whole other problem. It's not just do we have the right to set up a site. It's also like how are we being discredited by these these organizations? And it, and it goes back to Good very point. very powerful words that the left uses. This story that the left put puts out has been debunked, or the left is saying this story and this is disinformation. And you look back at all the debunked stories and the disinformation stories, <laughs> yes. and lo and behold. They turned out to be true. And the one that was providing dif- disinformation was ABC, NBC, CBS, those those Rachel Maddow. networks, um, <laughs> again, a Wuhan lab story. I was going to say something that no, I haven't heard anybody talk about this. And I Trump defunded the WHO when he um, was in office. And then immediately one of the first things Biden did was refund the WHO. The WHO is the worst. They during the lab, during the the all of covid, they had this coalition of investigators go to China to investigate the origins of the virus. And all of the investigators were compromised by the CCP because the CCP picked them. One of them was Peter, Peter Daszak, who is the president of EcoHealth and the great irony, because EcoHealth is one of one is a is an organization that was funneling funds federal tax dollars into the wuhan lab that we think started the coronavirus it was just like crazy irony there right um and the who comes back and gives journalists 30 minutes to review the origins their their report on the origins of the virus and when they the journalists asked the reporters for, from the who if they believed that the lab leak was a potential origin they said we didn't even consider it it's a conspiracy theory we paid for their trip to china we're pay- we're still paying for the WHO stuff, and I, I mean we can talk about the FBI and the CIA and all. That. I mean, and they're and they're terrible, and we have their own. But almost what's worse is these globalist organizations that we're funding that are even more difficult to check. And I just want to just call your congressman and, and tell them to advocate to defund the WHO because nobody's talking about it, and they are so that. Defund the WHO. Now Joe Biden for the next pandemic has set America up to follow the the uh, the directives in America of the WHO. So the WHO now is in charge of pandemic response in America. So Donald Trump tried to defund them and Joe Biden refunded them and went a step further and said, we're going to outsource our autonomy to the WHO, you get to control our next pandemic response. I mean, this is Scary. insanity. Yeah, give give that power and authority to the, to the really? people who were wrong on all of this. Um, yeah, it's it's scary stuff. Well, I hope I, I want it was a lot of topics. Again, I want to give credit to Kevin Kevin McCarthy 
for releasing yep. those tapes. One more yeah, go. Go ahead, Vina. Okay, I was I was just gonna say that I was listening to Joe Rogan and he said recently that we need to forgive the people who wronged us during COVID. And you might want to forgive oh. Right. You might want to forgive your maybe maybe your grandma was really wanted you to wear a mask at Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. But we do not forgive. There is no mercy for the people that that impoverished and 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 um, you know destroyed the lives of so many people. So I just want to say that. <laughs> I, I I'll tell you what, Evita. I will not be satisfied until Anthony Fauci has been so discredited that he just like puts his tail between his legs and crawls away. That's Skippy, the garbage man's here. I'm um, probably gonna have to end that. But yeah, until Fauci is fully discredited um, and knocked off his pedestal that he never deserved to be on, uh, I won't be satisfied. Until he's fully held to account. We've enjoyed the conversation with Evita. If you did too, let us know. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. You can listen ad-free with a Fox News. You miss Skippy, Evita? Deshaun's got Skippy up on the on the thing. You can listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And we hope to see you around the kitchen table, Evita, literally around the kitchen table this week. We can't wait for you to come. The end of the podcast kind of devolved. Sorry about that, everybody. We can't find our script. Um, Until next time. We love you, Tita. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.